with the morning after the night before. We were lucky enough to be along at a Champions League semi-final here at the uh, Santiago Bernabeu Stadium in, in Madrid. Joined by Paul Burgess. Paul, well, not a bad job for a head gardener. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Like uh, nights like last night obviously make it all worthwhile, you know. Like uh, last night was a, an amazing night qualifying for the, for the final and yeah, it's great. So you've been here seven years now. What was your first impression when you first walked into this place? Obviously, it's a very important stadium. Um, the pitch had a lot of problems, hence why they uh, wanted to make uh, changes. Uh, I, I saw the, the potential to do something. I, th I thought I could add val value to, to the, the job. Um, so when I, when I came in, it's like, yeah, I mean, the stadium, even today, I mean, I, I come here every day of the week and the, um, the stadium's got a, that wow factor about yeah. it. And um, yeah. Um, can I say it's, 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 it's the most iconic stadium I think in the world. What was the first thing that struck you as the difference between this stadium and anything else you'd worked on? Well, one, one thing that was quite hard to take when I, when I got here was I'd, I'd moved here from the Emirates Stadium where I'd been for three years and the Emirates Stadium is a, a brand new purpose-built stadium, no straight lines, nice and clean and perfect, nice big store, nice office, uh, everything really nice, beautiful pitch construction and to go from that to uh, bent walls and, and yeah. uh, funny ways and bad levels and it, it was kind of like a... This is evolved rather than purpose-built, I guess. Yeah, it? it's, it's always, it seems, I think, I think since 1948 the same has been here. So, it's a, so that was a bit of a, a shock in a way. It was like going back in time a little bit. But obviously the same is fantastic. And, and um, But yeah, at first it was a little bit, bit strange and, and, and nothing here had, had my mark on it. So we've got the morning after. What's going on at the moment? I think there's a pro call going on in the background. Yeah. Is this your normal regime the day after a game? Or? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, virtually after every game we aerate just to relieve the compaction, A, of the game, and B, of the, uh, all the machine movements preparing the pitch for the, um, um, preparing the, pitch the, the days previous. Yeah. Um, we work very closely with the, with the medical team here um, to deliver them. We, we have a, a magic number on the Clegg that we, we try to deliver. Uh, and um, more times than not, we do deliver that. What is that? Uh, and uh, 65 is what we, okay. we aim at, which is um, compared to UK standards, is very very low. And it's, on a hy hybrid pitch as well. Yeah, it's on a hybrid pitch, and and um, you know, it, it's for me the the pitch is is okay. It's nice if it looks pretty and whatever, but it, what's important is it, it's um, it feels comfortable and safe for the footballers and. Um, our, our injuries uh, here are, are pretty low compared to, to a lot of clubs uh, back in the UK and, and in other parts of Europe as well. And you say that, last night, we were lucky enough to be here, there seemed a few players slipping. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we, we basically create slippy conditions. Um, okay. We've got a stable surface, um, short grass, and, and it's wet, so, so it's, it, it is slippy. Um, if it's a, a home player, well, We've got a couple of players that slip all the time, uh, just for their style. Every every team has has one or, yeah. or two. Uh, if it's a visiting team, I, I don't really give as much. Give a damn, yeah. no, <laughs> they're not accustomed to this this pitch. Yep. Uh, if it's if it's four or five home players slipping, then then, then I, I would I would um, obviously I I'd want to know why that's happening and do something about it. A couple of weeks ago, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo he wanted me to cut the grass shorter, right? And I, I refused to do it because. Um, I mean, we can cut it short as, 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 as he wants. It's, it's springtime now, I'm, I'm not bothered. The pitch has no future, it's the end of the season. Yeah. But it, I, I know it's, it's the wrong thing to do because uh, history tells me that 
if I go below, uh, this is 21 millimetres, I've been in 19 millimetres before and players can't stand up, they're just, right. just sliding all over the place. And uh, so I, I refused to do it, uh, which didn't go down too well. So he doesn't get everything he wants in? No, not, not, in, this, <laughs> not in this situation. So, um, well, in fact, it's not true. Uh, the next game, he went to me, um, is it short? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, it's good. <laughs> it was the same. Okay. Again, talking about injuries, um, you've got immediate around and the playing surface, you've got three different surfaces. So you've got the pits around, the nice blue rubbery yeah. crumb stuff. Then you've got an artificial surface, and then you've got the pitch itself. Yeah. What are your, you know, as far as I'm aware, there are no regulations talking about the quality of those surfaces or yeah. what you do off the pitch, as it were. Yeah? But the players are still interacting with those for throw-ons and corners, etc. Right, yeah. So, yeah. does that give you any kind of problems? Do you think about that a lot when you're d designing the surfaces around the surrounds? To an extent, yes. Here we've got quite generous uh, runoffs. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's right to have artificial grass to the white line. Okay. Um, and speaking to a lot of the footballers, they don't either. I know some stadiums logistically, especially in the Premier League, there's a lot of stadiums that are very tight to the pitch, yeah. like Highbury, the old Highbury, Chelsea Stadium, for instance. So they have artificial grass, uh, because before the game there's a lot of media demands. And, yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of reasons why having artificial grass to the, to the white line. But the problem is, when you're playing football, if you're keeping the ball in, you're actually stepping out of the yeah. pitch. And quite, I've seen on a number of occasions I play a... Players slip and actually been injured as well, and okay. and um, I think that's wrong. And I, and I I believe the Premier League are going to change that in the near future. So do you work with the the medical team here and agree a distance from the white line in terms of turf, or do you? I'm being totally honest, no, no, no. Um, we we have, we have um, four meter, three meters of, of grass. Um, I mean, some stadiums you've only got four or five meters and you've got to stand there. So uh, I think three meters of grass is having to a reasonable uh, number without having to, uh, if it is less then yeah obviously uh, the artificial grass comes more into play but I think at three metres the, the warm-ups on the grass, they've got sufficient runoff. Um, so, so I don't think this venue, uh, we need to think too much about that but, but obviously it's important, it's safe, it's clean and yeah it's, it's definitely a consideration. We've moved inside to try and get away from the, the noise pitch site um, with the clean-up issue going on but you'll probably hear they're cleaning up right above us now so apologies for the sound quality. Um, Paul, we were talking about the mixed up pitch and we were talking about the fact that you felt it's a calculated risk rather than uh, a gamble, as it were. But you feel that's been a, you know, year one, you feel it's delivered everything you wanted it to? Yeah, t totally. Um, I'm, I'm not scared of uh, making big decisions and taking a risk, but like, like, like you said, it's a, it's a calculated risk. Whatever I do, I look at it, can I work with this, can I, is it, is it, can I do something with this? And if the answer to that question is yes, then I, I'll take it on. So what are your biggest worries in the build-up to a match in terms of the, the turf? Uh, I, I don't have any... Um, there is no big worry. Um, well, you had one yesterday. had one yesterday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually bring my own worries on. on. Uh, one thing about, about this place is the disease pressure is, is hostile. Um, when, when, I, when, when I, I hear people back in the UK talk about disease, uh, I kind of like um, smile to myself inside because it, I just wish I had that disease now. Like, like right. in, you know, in England you have a little patch like this and it's like, uh, oh my God, it's a disease. I mean, I used to do the same thing, but when, when you come over here, I, I've lost a whole field in one night. Like it just just gone in, in one night, a whole a whole pitch. 
and um, I've reached to this because of, in, in, because of a disease. And we, we, we yesterday we were here, mm -hmm. yeah, watch a lot of football, but even I was surprised by the amount of um, TV and press yeah. that was going on during the day. Fair enough during the match, but mm -hmm. during the day in the build-up. Is that a hindrance to you getting your job done? It can be. Yeah, uh, my business like irrigating the, uh, the pitch, uh, you've got problems because you've got a lot of pitch size stuff. Also, um, I have a camera live on me every every game, mm -hmm. uh, just on me, following me around. Um, so when I'm speaking, I, I have to cover my mouth like this because if I don't, they, they just make up what I'm saying, subtitles, and uh, usually it's not what I've said. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got to be really, really careful. Twitter, this year at least 10 of my tweets have appeared in the newspaper this year. It, it is, you're so under the microscope, it, it's unbelievable. We've spoken about the success in terms of the Midstone pitch that you've got in. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest disaster you've had here? Jose Mourinho just started at Real Madrid and um, we, we, we didn't change the turf that year. Um, we had a lot of events through the summer and we coped with the events pretty well. And um, we had a tractor leak on, on the hydraulic leak on the pitch and um, killed, uh, I don't know, two, two metre by two metre area. Uh, what I should have done is just change the turf and what I, what I did do was um, I reseeded it. Uh, being English, we, we, we seed. What you don't do is use grass seed in Madrid in June, July or August. Um, experience later on tells you this. So I seeded it, the grass came up, the disease came, killed this, and a little bit more. So what did I do? I seeded it again, grass came up, killed this, and a little bit more. Before you knew it, I was a returner for the pitch. and. Um, we had, to, we had to play three games uh, with the whole wing uh, dead and uh, I was getting battered in the, uh, in the press. Mourinho was not happy. Uh, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do as a, as a groundsman was the day before the first game of the season for the, the new coach, Jose Mourinho, I had to go and knock on his door and uh, say, Jose, have you got a minute? And he said, yes, I went, in, I went in his office, sat down. He goes, just give me a second. He, he was writing this email. And I sat there for, he was writing the email. He was reading it, reading it, reading it. I was like, God. And then I sat there, I must have been sat there for about 10, 15 minutes while he was just doing this email. And then he was like, oh, tell me, tell me. He was in a real, really good mood, you know, like a first, first day at work kind of. And then... Um, I had to tell him the pitch was a disaster and uh, obviously I'd, I'd only known him for four weeks and uh, it was weird, I, I told him and he, he just went quiet. So in terms of delivering and making the grass grow in this environment, mm -hmm. you, you know, I think we touched on earlier the fact that you know, we believe it's sunny but you've got, I don't know if it is the tallest surrounding stand in, in the business but you've got a hell of a structure around yeah. that grass which can't be good for making it grow, there must be periods of you know, days where most of the pitch is in the shade. I'm assuming you're using lighting of some description. I, I, I once lived in England and I, and I, I always was, I must be easy growing grass in Spain. Yeah. And, and I, I've been there and done that. And um, I can tell you it's not, um, I mean, it's, it's, some areas are better than others, just like in the UK. But basically we have two low, low points in the season. Uh, like in the UK you have January, February. Yeah. Here we have January, February too. Well, here we also have July and August. Give me January and February all day long over July and August. We're growing cool season grasses in a warm season climate. I get the training guy, I have Bermuda grass right. growing next to cool season grasses and both are green. 
So something's wrong. One's right and one's wrong, and both are, both are showing the signals of being right. So it's, it's not right. So there's been a fashion for a, a number of different styles of cut, yeah. patterns on the pitch. Is that down to you to decide what happens, or does any input? Does the, the chairman say, I want it traditional, I'd like this? Ne never had the conversation. Yeah. Um, for Champions League, there's regulations. Okay. Uh, basically, what you're seeing out the window here now. And there's obviously a high profile team in, in England, the English champions, uh, that have been doing um, doing wonderful patterns. Uh, it's certainly not my. I <laughs> uh, it certainly is not my cup of tea. I would do something like that. Say we won the league today. Yeah. And we had a game on Sunday, and it was a meaningless game, just a celebration. Yeah. I'd be quite happy to get a bit creative and, and do something but in a competitive game um, I, I don't personally think it's right because the ball roll when you have the change of grass the ball changes um, for offsides and for television having uh, straight widthways lines yeah. is good for offsides good for linesmen uh, good for good for defenders good for strikers and, and also I, I think um, a groundsman is a little bit like a referee it's done a good job if no one talks about it. Yeah. Okay. The only time they should talk about it is you come in the stadium and go, wow, that's a nice pitch. And, and, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. If we can wrap up our piece here in the stadium, last night, very, very special night, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic atmosphere. Surely that's one of your highlights. What's, what's your, you know, your personal highlight? My highlight is walking into this stadium every day. It's, uh, it's one of these stadiums that you just walk in and just go, wow. You did it yesterday, yeah. and I'm sure you did it again this morning. I did, yeah. Um, well, I've been doing it for seven years. Just walking in this place uh, and knowing the the importance of uh, what this is to the world, not just to Spain, yeah. it's, a, it's a symbol of the world. And um, to be part of that is, um, is a privilege, and, and that, that's, that's the highlight. I tell, you, I tell you what probably is my highlight, is watching my two children speaking to each other in Spanish. Well, that's my highlight of my seven years here, if I'm being totally honest. So uh, that's, that's obviously a, a, another highlight. But no, just being part of this wonderful, wonderful club is an honour and a privilege. Well, the passion yeah. shows through, Paul. So, Thank you. Know. <laughs> Thanks for your time here. And, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll carry on and there'll be more from the training ground and uh, other venues later. Perfect.